This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to That's Bangin', the food and drink podcast of Ireland. Where we talk to some of the brightest culinary minds in the country, as well as some people who are just passionate about their food, drink and good living. You'll hear all about what it takes to get a Michelin star above the door, as well as tales of the adventure around some of the best places on our wonderful island. All of this while we fill you in on the latest foodie happenings around the country and tell you what great bits Chris and I have been eating recently, and there is always a lot. <laughs> there yeah. is indeed. And of course, in association with local fresh and tasty beer, Hop House 13, made with more hops for more taste and more character. And please remember to always drink responsibly. That's with Chris and Marcus. Hello, I'm Chris Mellon, and as ever, sitting across from me in the room is the big dog, Marcus O'Leary. Good morning, sir. Good morning, brother. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. good. Yeah, it's a good L week. Yeah, it's Some a nice exciting week. stuff happening. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are things are shaping up. Things are shaping up. Nice. Things are shaping up nicely for you. You're off to Paris tomorrow. I'm going to Paris tomorrow. I'm very happy. Well, Joe, I'm going over. Uh, I half my family lives in France. I'm going over to see them, which is really really nice. I'm kind of. I can say this because this podcast is coming out a few days after we recorded. They think I'm going over Friday. I'm actually <laughs> going over Thursday on my own. Well, with with Rachel, yeah. without telling them, just so I can. Ju- we can just have a day of peace in Paris. So there's, there's going to be a nice culinary adventure e- around Paris, ama- like eating ridiculous food. And you know what? It's like I, I, I was talking to Rachel about this, and she was like, "Marcus, you can't possibly eat a steak tartare every day." And I was like, "Just because you've said this, I'm going to eat steak tartare." Challenge every day. accepted. And she's like, "Marcus, I don't eat in restaurants every night." I was like, "You're coming to Paris with me. Like, I'm sorry." Like we're not going to be going back to the hotel cooking cooking noodles in a kettle, <laughs> like. But no, I like I. Next week, yeah, well, you're, you're going to fill us in on that one. I'm gonna, yeah, you're I will have. Fill, yeah, ample I think Parisian I think there's only one. Way, yeah. There is only one place to start this week, but as we were both in attendance with the pre-opening night of May Restaurant last week, so you were with your father, your partner Rachel, and the Queen of Wine, Tara Jerry, while I was with my good friend and previous That's Bang guest, uh, Jacob from Grilla. So we haven't really had a chance to talk about this yet. May Restaurant is, of course, the first solo venture of Grania O'Keefe. Grania is one of the best chefs in the country, and we we're delighted to have her on That's Bang in a couple of weeks. So when we really talked about the opening of May, but now we've got to experience it as well. Marcus, what did you think? I loved it, dude. Like, yeah. genuinely, I think the space is amazing. Um, I have to say the service was outstanding. Phenomenal. Julian, Julian is oh out God, of this world. Hospitality personified. The guy mm. was bouncing around. He's so passionate. Um, the food was brilliant. I mean, it's, it's Grania's food. It's mm-hmm, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's everything that kind of, and you know what? The amazing thing is that it, this is the start of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is the start of it. I, it's, I'm so excited to see where it's going to go uh, in on. Like in a couple of in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, when that team find their feet, um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Happy for Garnia, what an achievement! Um, mm. And it's just going to get better and better. Yeah, I think I, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, we were there pre-open night, and like you know, the service, everything was like it was just working so well already. And, and this is when they're trying to kick, get the kinks out. But uh, yeah, I thought it was a fabulous meal. I thought the wine pairings were out of this world. Uh, like Julian and the French Paradox team, they, uh, the, the, what they've done with creating this wine list, the wine pairings for each dish, was just absolutely amazing. There was a Viognier with the with the apple tartare, or the, sorry, the tartatan. Yeah. And uh, like you know, not a typically sweet wine, but like it, I just thought it worked so uh, well. Also, that tartatan, you'd just bur- <laughs> bury yourself. Bury in it. yourself like, in I'd, it. I'd actually go back and be like, listen, keep the entire menu <laughs> instead of sending me out six courses, just send me out six slices of tart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but also the cheese with the young, the young book with the cheese oh, and that, the wine with that was a uh, had a cognac uh, a cognac base in yeah. it as well. So it was like you could actually it was like really strong aromas of the cognac, but it was it was beautiful and uh, there was some really nice parts about it. And, and I'm really I'm back booked back in for October, so I can't really wait to see how far it came since how then. It progresses. So yeah. yeah, yeah, really excited about May and uh, best of luck to Grania, of course. And Absolutely. Do you know I have to give one shout out to somewhere. I 
had a couple of little snacks in as well, which is a hen's teeth. Oh yeah, I love it. Oh my god, it. like yeah, it was absolutely. The food was so hen's teeth in the, in the Liberties. It's a creative studio. They have a small kitchen in there. They've expanded it out. Um, Killian Walsh, I think, is the chef in there, and the food he's putting out is insane. Like it really just creative. Beautiful. The ingredients are, are are brilliant, and also it's just a, it's an amazing space. You know, it's like the the place is amazing. Fatty Burke has her pop up snug installation at the moment. You can go in, have a lovely pint of Guinness, um, and really just the, the, the I cannot recommend the menu the food changes enough. like every week, isn't it? Yeah, it changes all the time. It's always just so creative and brilliant. Like I really, awesome. I really at, somewhere at the moment they have a they have a roast pork with crispy skin with octopus. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, there's lots of things that I like. Yeah, that's like surf and turf. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, what you got? A ribeye steak with a couple of shrimp. No, here we go. We've got pork belly and octopus. That is, that's neo surf and turf. I'll take that. <laughs> I like it. I like anyway, it. Anyway, like should we do the thing? Let's do the thing. Let's do the okay. thing. So, our guest this week is a comedian and a cook. He's the owner and resident host of the Comedy Crunch, the Wild Duck Comedy Club, and Garden Gigs Ireland. He has toured all around the world as a stand up and has recent shows in Central America. His online cooking videos mix his high energy comedy style with tasty and easy to make budget home recipes. Danny O'Brien, welcome to That's Banging. Lads, how are you? Good What's going on, brother? Good to see you, man. <laughs> I, I you, love man? your voice, Danny. It's always, <laughs> I, every time I'm listening to John something, it's always great to have you on here finally. You know? oh, it's, fun. It's, it's great to have you. And I, I was just actually thinking, Danny, that like one of the last times we properly saw each other was actually in Vietnam eating yeah that's true like, <laughs> we, where, where we both went to like Anthony Bourdain's favourite restaurant <laughs> yeah. in Vietnam that's quite a quite a magical moment like yeah. honestly I was just thinking about it today. like this place just to if I can paint a picture in the listeners minds right now it's, we were sitting out in the courtyard and there was this these fish tanks with one fish going absolute like all the other fish were like they'd accepted their fate or they, they were just like <laughs> oh well this is a small place to live at the moment I used to be in the sea now in a little tank there's one fish and he was massive like he was the size of a, like a poodle yeah. like just going mental right so this fish and like there was two waiters trying to control the fish but then also the big some of you might have seen this on, a, on No Reservations the thing that they do is they cook rice in these clay pots but then they throw the clay pots or no they, cr- they crack the clay pots open yeah. and the rice is inside and it's kind of crispy outside and fluffy inside they crack it in their hand and then they tip it on yeah. but they frisbee it over people's heads in the restaurant so basically we're sitting there in, um, in, in Vietnam just like watching these guys like discus throwing rice <laughs> yeah, around yeah. a restaurant while a fish is going absolutely psychopathic <laughs> just in, in this tank and it was amazing yeah, it's and here we are now yeah. on, uh, on Pierce Street yeah. yeah, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> someone, I think someone threw a can at me on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. It's probably the fish. Kind yeah. of two board. Getting heckled from a your warm previous kind of two board. Yeah. Definitely not filled with two board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so how are you keeping, man? What's going on? I'm good. It's a. Uh, it, I'm busy. Like we're in. We're in kind of festival mode here in Ireland at the moment. So all month, like Wexford, Galway, Cork. Um, there's just been festivals every weekend with the live performance. Yeah, you, you seem to be that. manically like, busy when I'm looking at you online. Like, yeah, but like, so this is a great month, and I'm, I'm hoping now, like, with the, the government come back from their holiday, that uh, that we can have a bit of a, uh, you know, we've got a bit of a, a timeline now, and we can find out things are reopening for live music and for DJing and for comedy. I'm and glad that they're getting a break, you know. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's been an exhausting 18 months for them. Yeah, really? Are you okay, hon? Yeah. Jesus Christ! Try being self-employed in entertainment. I won't rant about Disney War, but listen, like, man, if you want to split it. Hospitality. Like, <laughs> are you taking the piss? Like, <laughs> so I just gave you a little intro there, but for anyone who doesn't know Dob, anyone who doesn't know Danny O'Brien, can you tell us a quick bit about yourself before we dive into like you know what we know? 
Um, I, I, I suppose I'm a, a, a comedian first and a, a food obsessor, but that's kind of my food has always balanced me out. That's why I'm really happy to be on this, and I, that's how myself and Marcus kind of connected. Obviously, initially through comedy, but secondly through our love of food. And like when you're on the road all the time and you're living a very chaotic lifestyle, and like it, the food is is one of the reasons I love comedy so much. Because yeah. if you're gigging in Vietnam, for example, mm. I met Dan Dockery, who I know you know as well. Yeah. The promoters bring you. To mad places that yeah. you will never get to find or see. But you know what? I think there's a big difference in DJing and comedy, right? Yeah. That de- like in DJing, they'll be like, "What's the best restaurant in town? Let's yeah. bring you for a big steak." Comedy, it's like, I know a shack. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly because you went to the same place with Owen Monaghan. You sit in these stools, and you're literally yeah. the only Westerners there. They're bringing out these massive fish, and you know, really opening this tin, and like you get to experience. It's like a little mini miniature version of no reservations. Yeah. When you gig, because the promoters will will go out of their way to show you what they love, and they've yeah. been expats there for say 20, 30 years, and that to me is one of the the best things about doing comedy in in different countries is getting to really experience what's going on there, food wise. You know. Absolutely. Absolutely. And would you say? at this point like you're gigging around the world well you, pre-pandemic you were gigging like pretty much on what five continents I, regularly I did a bit of it during the pandemic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got out man it's okay you can say that the government I, are on holidays they no, can't I, hear I, you I, yeah, I, I got out in the loophole but yeah I, I, got, I, met, I was lucky enough to go to Dubai last summer um, but it was like peak restrictions it was nuts it was a 600 quid fine in Dubai if you didn't wear your face mask no inside. way tell you that'll, that'll put the books on the lads on the Lewis and stuff Ooh. kicking on at the moment so what about when you were doing gigs in Dubai what was the atmosphere like inside like was it bars or what, what, no what was it's, all, it's, it's all hotels and mm. I can't remember I think it was about 100 was the limit on massive tables in a 400 capacity room and the second night that we were on was in the Moven Pick Hotel and the promoter is called Gail she's an absolute legend it just goes uh, listen Danny don't be a bit weirded out but the police are going to be in tonight filming your set and I was like sorry what <laughs> so there was one of the UAE cops stood at the back of the room and I'm like oh my god don't say anything bad about the sheiks or anything like that but he literally stood with a video camera and filmed my no set way. to make sure that we were like adhering to COVID regulations what and that you weren't jumping off stage coughing in anyone's yeah, mouth exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. but also yeah. that was that was one of the that was the first gig as far as I'm aware the first proper gig like in the world at the time it was like mm. last July like no one was doing anything America yeah. was shut down and yeah and it, it, it's just it's just been a really I, I've tried to find any way to gig that I possibly could yeah, from yeah, gigging yeah. in ditches with Damo to gigging in the flats like we have done everything that we can to possibly to keep gigging through it and even with that man you're just about keeping your head above water you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely and do you know this you mentioned gigging in ditches with Damo this isn't like <laughs> some kind of comedy head school um, <laughs> Damo Clark and yourself yeah. started garden gigs yeah. right, so basically you know bringing the comedy club experience to gardens to sh- Car parks to sheds. You know, like we did a frontline gig at the very start of the pandemic in Wexford, and it was in uh, Pettit Super Value in Wexford, right? And I'll never forget it. I was there going, hopefully we never have to see this again. You did a comedy gig in a Super Value. In a Super Value car park <laughs> for the staff, right? Because they were like frontline staff, and then Pettit donated uh, some money to the Women's Refuge in Wexford. Yeah, it was a great thing to do. We'd get a letter from the cops at the time to leave Dublin, right? That's how ludicrous it was. So we drove to Wexford, and each individual supermarket frontline worker was in their own car space on a deck chair. And we were like in the rain and the drizzle <laughs> with like speakers and oh, lights man, doing di- a gig to that them. That is dystopian. <laughs> uh, come here, kind of wanted to ask you on the bring it back to Dubai. Yeah, have you done any of the super hype restaurants over there? Because that's something I think Dubai, right? Uh, the way I see Dubai, it's like a testament to man's arrogance. Basically, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like the middle of the desert, and it's just like, oh, we'll build a fucking big city here, yeah. Salt Bay. Come here, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, like so. Basically, uh, like if if something is hype, 
a restaurant will open in Dubai. So like, yeah. you know, Salt Bay will open in Dubai. Eggslot will open in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like all these places will open in Dubai. And brunch and cake, I think, if you know from Barcelona. Yeah, brunch yeah, and yeah. cake have opened two or three places yeah. there as well. Yeah, but like, yeah. have you done any of the? Was is there is there good food there? Is there, is there, 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 there is. There's great food. I and mean, when you you get really well looked after in the in the hotels and you stay there, and that's why, to be honest with you, you don't eat out too much because you usually have dinner in the hotel that you're performing in. Mm. Um, and I can't remember the name of the hotel, but it's it's beautiful, like boutique hotel. And the, the food's always excellent there. But the odd night you'd get away, and one of my favorite places, I don't know if you've been here, is called Mr. Miyagi's. You know what Mr. Uh, Miyagi's is? Yeah, well, I've, not, I've never been to Dubai, so... Well, Mr. Miyagi's would be top of my list, and essentially, it's a restaurant nearly entirely staffed by little people of different ethnicities. Uh, and some of them are transgender, and it's like Asian street food and karaoke, and little people from all like India, and and it's insane. It would never be okay here. It would never be okay in the UK. It's definitely not woke. It is absolutely bananas when you walk in, and they're like singing karaoke, and they're jumping on your lap, and there's like tuk tuks hanging off the ceiling, and then they'll do this impromptu dance performance in the middle of your dinner. It's wild. This sounds like a fever dream. It's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's wild. And, and uh, does Dubai have that kind of a lot of you know not culturally appropriate kind of stuff going on like as well? There's a, there's a little bit of that, and then it's weird because the other side of Dubai, it's super culturally strict for a lot of things. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it's getting that, like I've been going there for about five years now, and there's even a massive difference from five years ago to now. It is getting a yeah. lot more loose, and like Abu Dhabi is still pretty strict. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Dhabi, yeah. notoriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't be wouldn't be too yeah. open now. Um, so to talk about just we just touched on garden gigs there for a minute mm. and like you know I was just kind of like obviously I was watching your progress with garden gigs last year through 2020 but just to kind of like tell people about you know the money that you raised and how big an animal this actually became like throughout 2020 can you just fill people in on that kind of side of things yeah so we started kind of it started off with a few charity gigs we did for the laughter lounge there's one for like um, yeah, Irish Cancer Society then in May of 2020, they usually have this thing called the May Day Parade, which is for Pieta House, which is the biggest, a huge thing for them. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So that didn't go ahead. So we had to do a thing called Stay Day. And I had met a guy called Keith O'Brien through my photographer, actually does all my poster pictures, a guy called John Murray. And he goes, oh, my cousin is Keith O'Brien. He's doing a thing for Pieta House where he's walking the height of Mount Everest by walking up and down the flats like 8,000 times. No the way. Yeah, what? It took him a week. Like, he nearly died. Like, it was insane. <laughs> Hang on. So, he, he walked up and down the steps in the flats. To the equivalent of the height of Mount Everest. In, is this like down in Pear Street? Yeah, or? it was down in our Rattley House where oh we ended up filming a TV show. Yeah. And he said, do you lads want to come down and do a set, essentially? And we hadn't gigged properly in like months. So we went down and we did it an outdoor gig and they were all just standing around the railings and it's it's ironically where Rings End Comedy Festival is going to be now in a yeah. few weeks right yeah. in that space but people are all standing on the railings and then the guy who's now, by the way, is now the Lord Mayor of Rings End, but he wasn't at the time. His name's Derek Buckley. He goes here, lads, will you come down and do a gig in George Reynolds' flats? Mm. So we went down and we did one block. And they would have had like the little marquee set up yeah. on the last yeah. DJ. And so we would do a set. First one was great. Second one was horrendous, man. There's lads shouting at us. Like people going past, they're like, rock, like Staffordshire's like snapping at us yeah. while we're on. <laughs> Kids like just like, eh, water pistols. <laughs> just, like, I, I, like, we were like, we did it for free. I'd you, man, I'd say you were just like, please get me back to just, that super value yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a new way of being heckled when you have a dog Ass, and like a uh, border pistol at you. An XL bully, yeah. Just. <laughs> to, give, to give full credit to Damo, man, there's only a handful of comics, I think, in the world who can get through that. And like, as it's, it's, it's not a good time. You don't have your low ceilings. You don't have your tension. You don't have any build up. You just have chaos and you're just fighting <laughs> for focus the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So then we, we did that and then we did like outdoor gigs for people's 40th and we were doing online gigs. Um, 
for companies, whatever, man. We were literally just doing whatever we could. Then we were doing skill workshops, but it all kind of started from um, that little gig in Ring's End and the TV show. And now it's kind of come full circle with Ring's End Comedy Festival. Yeah. And that's how we, like, we've got the lads from Burger Cartel will be down there. Burger Cartel's um, savage. We, Steven, we, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Do you know what, the, man? Like, the pepper sauce fries. Oh, like, what's stop. going on? Like, it's I, just I did, insane. I did a video with Sophie White, actually, who I know you guys know yeah. as well, from the Creep Dive. And she's an amazing food writer. She was my guest. We made a little video with those. And I remember the dude filming a slow-mo cascade of the pepper sauce. <laughs> and I was like, drown me in that shit. <laughs> yeah. It is heroin on yeah. chips. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Like, it's it's so just... Good. Mm. Yeah, and also like there's a kind of rumors of a food market down in uh, in Ring's End. There right? is. I am. I think it'll be happening more so in the next few months. Um, and I know Barry is probably um, from One Four Seven Deli. Yeah. He's looking at getting just chubbies and stuff. So just chubbies, which is his upcoming food yeah, truck. I yeah. re- really recommend you check them out on Instagram. I've, I've if been, you haven't, I yeah. joined a barbecue club during the lockdown. I, were you at that? Yeah, so I've, I've seen them. I've seen all these <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, how do you get in there? It's so not to kill people. So that's how we met all the lads through yeah. all the stuff we did in Ring's End. And then to be, lads, it was most. It was the most homeless chic stuff you've ever seen. It was literally Barry over a over a barrel yeah. full yeah. of wood with an old grate <laughs> testing out smash burgers, which are now the recipe for just chubbies. Yeah. So we got yeah. to try them like last year when he was still And what's the verdict? Phenomenal. Like obviously yeah. the best burger and it was like I did a I did a, a, a like a long po' boy, like a Homer Simpson sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I bought the biggest baguette I could and I was like marinating peppers and stuff overnight and I did this like two meter uh, like just you know for safety two yeah. meters I did like a two meter <laughs> <Yeah>. sausage cheese <laughs> yeah. I was like I was like melting cheese in a pot over a fire and I was like man this is what I love social gangster. distance switch yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just be like you start the other end I'll start this end yeah. we'll kind of yeah. Yeah. I just got like a broom handle tied to the pot and just like we've talked about sandwiches a lot we have you and I have specifically yeah. specifically kind of dove into like not just kind of like oh what do you like ham cheese good man you made like, an unreal was it a van me it was made? a van me funnily enough yeah so yeah made it with um with a kind of a sesame teriyaki and then like mm. a load of other stuff um and it's something that yeah i think th- what i like about the food side of you right and it's uh, something that you know as you said we bonded over is that you actually you have chops like it's not just a hobby you really know what you're doing yeah, yeah I, of, I, like, I love it I'm, I'm not as technical as yourself like i wouldn't be as uh, as chefy in that respect yeah. I, but I, I do love cooking i grew up in wicklow so when I was growing up, like I had to learn how to, like you know, goat rabbits and and deer and just, just it makes you sound like you grew up in Game of Thrones. No, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that just what people do in Wicklow? Yeah, yeah. Easter kills and have to cover yourself in deer blood and go to school. Like, literally, I got brace of conies yeah. here. Samwise Gamgee over. I always knew Bray was a bit off. You to learn to goat rabbits and kill deer. Do you know what though? Like I'm big into it, and there's a chef I know. He's he's actually head chef down in Avoca in Kilmax. His name's Leonard Ross Musson, and they have a little side kind of catering company where they splay deer exactly what you're saying Mark. oh is that like, um, uh, what's it called uh, Wild. I think it's Wild Wicklow or something, something like yeah, that they, where they, you go out into the woods yeah. and it's generally like you know they it, shoot them they do all the field I'm actually going out with them in November and listen I'm, like, I, I love animals man but I'm also I like animals being fair and if you've ever been to an abattoir or anything like that man yeah. you want to see the reality of that yeah like like if you like, like we sh- used to shoot rabbits growing up and stuff like that but I mean like it's so it's done quick it's done they're out living their best life munching out a bit of grass yeah. bang game over yeah whereas like don't even see it coming yeah there's no electric shocks to the head or awful trauma <laughs> yeah. yeah Um, but the, like the, the deer I love all that kind of stuff and that kind of living and like I love seeing where it comes from and if you've mm. been out all day shooting a deer doing a field dress and dragging it on a quad putting it into the back you've earned your right to mm. eat that then oh absolutely you know what I, mean? yeah. I, think that, I think that yeah like you know I find this whole weird conversation of people like oh I don't want to eat food that if I know it has a face yeah, it's exactly. like <laughs> 
it's like no, like if you're just eating the, the like the the fillet and the ribeye. Of, of a cow well, you're yeah. a piece of shit like, yeah. it's just the sustainability like, factor between like you know the full al- animal as well it's 100%. Also, I'm all about nose to tail and I know yeah. you, you love St. John's yeah. as well over in yeah, London I, best ever yeah. but, like, I, I've always kind of been big into like the, the kind of awful side of things mm-hmm. I don't know why I just like yeah. that kind of food it's yeah. like you know like head cheese and all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. that's my thing like, so head cheese just to kind of for anyone who's going what the hell is that how do you make cheese from a head, <laughs> head it's also the name big. of a really strong brand of weed but head cheese is it's basically a kind of a cured meat a pate kind yeah. of made from the cheeks and, and the gels and it's gorgeous and you, you have, you'd have it with a little persiade it's amazing but yes. to see when you said you're going down to Wicklow so with the, with the deer hunting thing so yeah. is that so explain that to me again so is that something that people can actually do or is it just with no, the no so they like um, like a, few, a lot of my friends shoot deer because a lot of my friends are farmers growing up and there's deer on the land and they have to cull a certain amount of them and yeah. it's more so for kind of maintenance and then um, they have to like I used to live beside the OPW office so when I was a kid they would bring me out with them so they had to cull a certain amount because yeah. if they ate all the vegetation all the deer die and because like Sika deer are non-native and like red deer are kind of the population's going down they have to manage the herd but then the byproduct of that is when you're a kid like I'd be getting like get like legs of the most amazing venison and um, I I went to actually with Tom the Barrow Mahoney his uncle they're big into all that stuff yeah. down there and it was his cousin's 21st come here have you met his little cousin who uh, that's alleged- exactly what I'm about to tell you about yeah, it's, it's this guy's it's, birthday Tom yeah, yeah. So his name's Tom his dad's called Tom their granddad's called Tom and I was there with my mate their cousin Tom right, right? <laughs> that's, that's not a joke sounds like an expensive yeah. room kit what you got four and Toms I made I made I got I got some rabbits and I made some I actually had to buy the rabbit because I couldn't get my hands on any yeah. I bought some in a butcher's and I made KFC rabbit and it took nice. me about six hours they did the most unbelievable, and this is a, if anyone listening is into venison, they soaked venison fillets in buttermilk, Ooh. right? For a couple of hours, that was it. Yeah. Dried it off, then just pan fried it with some butter and a little bit of thyme, and it was one of the most beautiful things really, I've yeah. ever eaten in my life. But that's Couldn't be more Insane. simple. Insane. Yeah. That's interesting. But just this same, uh, like, junior Tom. Yeah. Um, so the, <laughs> Tom Oman, he's also, he's a brilliant comedian. He's uh, a natural-born killer, junior Like, Tom. this guy, um, I remember him telling me that his cousin just decided to go hunting without any weapons once. Yeah. <laughs> and he just sat in a tree with a knife and uh, oh my God. basically set up a lure for a deer and just dropped out of the tree onto it just yeah. to see if he could. Like, this is like... Yeah, we like. I went down to Tesco to buy some aubergines the other day. Like that's like that's snipping them. Like, where's Are these the trade? Is this is this an ethical aubergine? This is just like the emoji. Yeah, and this guy, this guy, is, this guy's in a tree. This guy's in a tree. And you know what? It's kind of. I think that's that's fair. That's that, fair game. That deer's that is literally fair game. Literally, like that, is, yeah. that, right? <laughs> that deer's death probably was more ethical than your aubergines. Probably, they probably yeah. twisted its neck <laughs> yeah. when they were picking it. Yeah. He just went down, <laughs> sliced it open, game over. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Uh, do you like? Do you think that that will kind of translate? Do you think that if a restaurant opened in Dublin or anywhere, Dubai, even, and they were like, listen, everything on the menu. Has been killed by that guy behind the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would that? Would that? Would, do you think that'd be a runner? I think there's like there's a fine line as well, where people kind of mix up hunting and like animal cruelty. And yeah. to be honest with you, anyone I know who shoots deer have mo- like they don't eat anything they don't shoot. They don't contribute to like mass production yeah. of any kind of stuff. Like they would never in a million years go into like Tesco or anything like that and buy yeah. a slab of grey mince. Not a chance. <clears throat> they just yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't eat that much meat anymore. I'm trying to cut back and kind of quality over quantity. And yeah. like when I remember like in college and stuff, having like your sugary 
Dalmio jar yeah. on top yeah, of your yeah. grey mints and you're mixing in and wonder why you feel like shit all the time. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. you, you done a month, you done a month vegan, did you? I did. I was for a show a couple of years ago and it was hard. It's much easier now in Dublin, but yeah. it was the petrol stations were the hardest. Like you try driving through Mullingar at like <laughs> two in the morning. You know, trying to get anything that isn't a chicken and stuff and sandwich that's 14 hours old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a yeah, banana yeah. is yeah. as vegan as it gets. Yeah, and even then in Mullingar, they're probably injecting it with ham water or something. Beef <laughs> <laughs> to the heel, buddy. Ham, ham water banana sounds like some kind of weird alternative band. Yeah, just be like, oh man, I'm going down to a. Yeah, they're actually doing a pop up show in a, yeah. on, on a roof. Have you guys heard of ham water banana? <laughs> yeah. They play esoteric sex pop. <laughs> yeah. So, Danny, we were talking about. Uh, you talked about, you know, the festival scene and you have a few festivals coming up yourself now so you know festivals are back small ones big ones like all sorts of different things going off at the moment so this weekend well actually by the time this comes out this comes out on a Sunday so yeah. you'll have already been on you'll already doing your thing at Fie- Fiestaval yes the festival will be on its second day which will have wrapped up and that's yeah. got amazing like it's got such a class mix like Shell Holden is the organiser she uh, owns the World Street Performance Championships and they did all remember that stuff yeah, this yeah, 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 Square. yeah, yeah. and um, I don't know if you I, I just heard this actually but apparently the record for the bucket right because you guys would have seen at the Edinburgh Fringe Guess what the record for the biggest bucket was of the street performance? As, as in, like, as in the biggest like take. The biggest take from one bucket. You know the way you get them around in street performance yeah. championships. What in would Ireland? you think? Yeah, just out in the street in Marion Square. Oh, let me think. Like, pr- it's like, only like ten, what are they usually? Tw- Fifteen to twenty minute performances. Fifteen to twenty minute performances. But I mean, there'd be big crowds, and mm. some of the like the street performance world championships are insane. Insane. Yeah. I'd say maybe three, four grand. What do you think? I have no Chris? idea. No idea. I'm on the fence. Over ten grand. For one bucket Yeah and that is And uh, do you know what man Out of all the performers In the Over world Over 10 grand All the performers In the world I will give absolute The biggest hat tip To street performers Right Because yeah. they have to Start a show From nothing Yeah They have to start a show By literally making noise And building an audience Around them It is the hardest hustle going Yeah Like <laughs> yeah. juggling chainsaws With no guarantee Of even <laughs> getting like a fiver Do you know what I mean Just Yeah but you know squ- It's like either you get yeah. a fiver Or you're getting 10 grand Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literal feast or famine. But she, um, she's running festivals. She's it's amazing. Like it's like full of like like African drummers, street performers, like magic. We're doing some comedy out of totally wired around. And then the following weekend, which is the Friday and Saturday, twenty seven to twenty eight, we've got Rings End Festival. Yeah. Which we've got like Enya Martin, we've got Jack Wise, Emma Dorn, myself, Demo, and we're doing two kids shows a day. Then we're doing two evening shows for adults and stuff. Brilliant. And then we're actually donating because we got a bit of money from the government from the Life Performance Support Scheme. Yeah. So we were like, like. Rings End's been good to us. Let's pay it forward. So we're actually donating all every single cent that comes in, ticket money wise, is getting donated to Failacon, which is a kind of a prenatal charity, does incredible yeah. work, and Dublin uh, Autism Equality uh, Autism Equality Dublin Bay. Oh, amazing. So Brilliant. they're all the money's going to them. So it's a good cause, and it's going to be great crack as well. I was going to say like, the community in D four around Rings End. Yeah. They've brought in this Wicklow man. They brought in this Australian <laughs> yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. They're like you know they've kind of brought you in. You're proper members of the community. There. You yeah. live down Sandy Sandy Mount. Oh, Sandy, Sandy Mount. Yeah, 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 Demo's only up the canal as well. Yeah. So th- that's the reason it started. We were in there. It was in our 5K. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's how it all began. Like, it's, yeah. Uh, so, but they've been, listen, they've been good to us. And like, hopefully down the road, other things will come. And it, it, listen, it's important to do good coming out of all of this. For all the whinging and stuff about our industry, we'll be all right, hopefully, when they start opening things again. We're all going to be busy. So yeah. now's the time yeah. to do something good. And then hopefully, the, you know, that support will come back when we get back to doing our thing. I think thing. that it's a very important thing that, yeah, it's kind of, you know, in a time when it could be quite easy to be selfish is yeah. to remember that like, 
good deeds do not go unnoticed. Yeah. And as well, that if you're doing something good, like it's it's it, everyone wins. Man, it yeah. makes you feel good. Like, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just like do, do good and like the thing. This kind of all the crap went online and people just complain and woe is me and all this and blah 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 and virtue signaling. Like I, I'm just like, when's the last time? This is the thing I always think when I read people just being pieces of shit online and just trying to give out to everyone else. So I'm every going, time you open Twitter, yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, I deleted it, man. It's 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 you know it's it's not, it's it's a poisonous place. But I'm like, all I ever think of when I see people. People just putting up their diatribe is when's the last time you did something good for anyone including yourself yeah do you get what i mean yeah no, absolutely. and they're you're just so full of hate and bile mm. i'm like have, would you just go for a walk or i don't know pet a dog pet a dog smile at a baby like we only get one go around the clock do you want to have spent your entire adult years just being an angry piece of shit on twitter is exactly. that what you want yeah, to do yeah, like yeah have a sandwich yeah have yeah. a deadly sambo yeah, yeah, yeah. marcus's ambo hey. <laughs> hashtag sp um so obviously we were talking about street performance and i know a similar thing that you're passionate about is street food and it's oh, something like, like you've been all around like we talked like there's there's a, i remember we didn't get to go uh, in Vietnam, but you were going to find the Welk lady the next day. I did, and uh, yeah, man, and she wasn't there. I was good, and I got like two mopeds across the city. But I did have the band me, and I did. I genuinely, when I said your band me was superb, I meant it because yeah. I went to the one in from street, you know, street food Asia. The yeah, same yeah. people who made Chef's Table. Mm-hmm. I found the dude who made, you know, the chicken liver pate. I found that guy in uh, Saigon. And I, I went in and he goes, oh, it's, it's actually really popular. And I was like, oh, man, you're famous. And I took a yeah. picture with him. And I was the only Westerner there. And he let me come in and eat with his family. And I was sitting on a motorbike sideways in like a park because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was roasting hot outside. And I was there going, oh, man, this is this is what I live for. Like, yeah. This is yeah. class. What a memory. Like, yeah. what a privilege. You so, know? Marcus, just for like people that wouldn't know, who was the Welk lady? The Welk lady. So, basically, uh, yeah, Chef's Table Asia. Where or was it street food? Or was I think it was it? street food. It's yeah, a, the Netflix series. It's absolute. It's well worth a watch. Phenomenal. It's basically showcasing. It kind of you know the series started off as very much like fine dining, Michelin star, groundbreaking chefs, and then they went actually why why aren't we showcasing you know the woman on the side of the road in Saigon who's cooking Welks and has been cooking Welks for twenty years and has born something out of this and um, yeah it's basically this woman. I, like literally has supported her whole family by cooking sea snails and, and p- yeah. picks the best ones and like you know people think sea or like snails in a city man is not like the most <laughs> you know yeah. glamorous of things but that's the thing I love about street food is it's accessible to everyone and like it is really great to go to beautiful restaurants every now and yeah. then but honestly like I, I've had this conversation with Barry actually from 147 because I yeah. was saying uh, like I love Black Axe Mangal for example yeah, in yeah, London. Yeah, yeah. and like that was like that was what an experience man I was going this is unreal however I'm equally as happy yeah. I was up at uh, Quan Jay recently up in Dean's Grange I spun up to him and we had some of his beautiful dumplings with, with the broth and, yeah, like, yeah. and chatting to him and having mm. the crack that to me was equally as beautiful as an experience just a different one you know I think yeah. the food is that you know I think that like Fine dining is an intellectual exercise as much as anything, yeah. whereas, like, street food kind of hits somewhere different in you. Totally. And, yeah. like, it, uh, I mean, what, what you were just talking there about ending up with, you know, this guy's family yeah. and everything like that, I've had experiences like that as well, where, yeah. you know, you're going through, say, like, rural northern Vietnam, and suddenly you're in, like, somebody tells somebody that, like, that you're a chef or something like that. Or actually, most mental one was ever, I was in uh, Myanmar yeah. on Inlay Lake, and basically uh, was in having a bit of food with some friends. The food was taking ages. And we had a couple of drinks and basically walked into the kitchen and it was an 11-year-old girl just doing all the cooking. Unreal. And Unreal. basically we jumped into the kitchen and helped her. And we, suddenly she, she had like a very basic English. We didn't speak uh, speak any Burmese. 
but we were all cooking together and just like suddenly the it, language it, of food the <laughs> language of food and like suddenly and then yeah the family came back and we were having drinks with the family and everything it was just like man you like that that kind of that's what the connection with the with the I'm in a whatsapp group with these lads just called the barbecue lovers right yeah and we're all in the whatsapp it's mainly memes if I'm totally honest <laughs> yeah it's it, <laughs> like, like most whatsapp but groups. like everyone has such different back like one of the lads uh, a couple of lads are musicians for example there's a couple of chefs in there yeah. there's a couple of, uh, there's a guy who now like lectures on addiction he had a massive history with addiction himself he is incredibly passionate about food and everyone he'd be making marinades I'd be going to Wicklow getting venison Barry be making smash burgers do you get yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and I, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Got me, that honestly got me through the pandemic and it gave yeah. me something really to look forward Class. to. And I feel uh, lucky to have... I never would have met those lads without all of this, mm. you know? So yeah, it's yeah. a great way to meet people in that way, you know? Food, 2020 food. was... Uh, sorry, Marcus, sorry. You go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say, we were just talking about, like, you know, that was kind of getting you through the pandemic in 2020. But, like, I thought, you know, another thing that you could see was quite obvious was, like, was the cooking you were doing at home and, like, <laughs> uh, all the Instagram stuff you were doing at home during the pandemic was, like... Were, were, were you, were you, I suppose that was kind of, like, a new thing for you in a way. You kind of started cooking on, online in 2019 as well yeah just little bits and pieces and then I actually had to fly back from America I was in um, Southern California doing gigs and I was meant to be doing a gig in San Francisco on Paddy's Day and it got cancelled last minute yeah. and my whole diary got wiped over a week so New Zealand Australia Hong Kong all every day I opened up my phone there was just cancellations and it was just heartbreaking and then everyone in Ireland is like oh you need to get back they're going to close the borders Handmaid's Tale uh. yeah. <laughs> and then I flew on Paddy's Day man and it was the grimmest Paddy's Day of my life just flying back and then when I remember getting back to Ireland and on the 18th of uh, March I said I'm going to cook something different every day just to keep myself sane and yeah. I thought it would last two weeks so I ended I, up doing we, yeah, I did, did two months so it was 60 days and that got tiring as well man because every day I was going I was like the neighbour's best friend because yeah, yeah, I had yeah. so much food all the time I was just giving stuff out all the time but yeah. it was cool man and it kept me connected with them it kept me sane it gave me something to do and I got a bit of a food following through it so it was it was, it was cool you brilliant, know? brilliant yeah but you can actually cook like you know what I mean there's a, like, there's a proper like you know when you're watching your cooking it's interesting it's, it's flavoursome like you can tell you can tell that you know you're not just like you Are know you a cowboy, yeah. Like. Yeah. Like cowboy. <laughs> yeah. I like, but I like kind of ballsy food as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. know if someone says to me like, "I just don't," you know, people who say food is fuel, I can't be your friend. Oh no, yeah. honestly, I just can't like, be your mate. It's just like, like if if they followed that up with, and I like to skin people, like I, it wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't surprise me. My, at my, all. my sister went like, out with this absolute tool years ago, <laughs> and he, uh, his name was Rob. And I, I was going to say, what's his name? <laughs> we went, we went to, I'd use a fake name, but I don't care. But uh, he's so boring, he'll never listen to any podcast anyway. Uh, but anyway, I remember doing a, we went for lunch somewhere, and he's like, oh, I'll just have a cheese sandwich. And he was English, which like made it even more like boring. But I was just like, dude, and like I constantly refer to him as cheese sandwich drop. Cheese sandwich drop. And it was just like a basic like white cheddar, no butter, like the saddest of oh all the sandwiches. God. Like, like. Pr- prison sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Right, we, we do a little cross promo, and then yeah. we'll get back to cheese sandwich, Rob. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. hear more about. I want to hear more about your your food experiences. As yeah, well. absolutely. So. <laughs> we are available from everywhere you would normally get your podcasts, and of course, Headstuff Podcasts. We are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, and if you would like to support us, you can now too through Headstuff Plus. Signing up to the Headstuff Plus community not only helps your favorite Irish creators, aka us, do more of what they do best, but you also get a heap of bonus content from every show on the network, regardless of which show you support. So jump on, buy Chris and I a pint or the value of a cup of coffee or a sandwich. Cheese sandwich, Rob, if you're listening. <laughs> cheese sandwich us up. There's some great cheese sandwiches out there. And support us through Head Stuff Plus while receiving some bonus content. Bonus content going up for next week. Uh, we promise. <laughs> we promise. We promise. <laughs> um, 
the show we are highlighting this week on the Head Stuff Podcast Network is Fad Camp. So Fad Camp is basically a comedy podcast about silly diets, which me and Marcus definitely think are stupid. So maybe we should be guests on this. What do you think? I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think so. This is the trailer. Fad Camp is a comedy podcast about the ridiculousness of fad diets and diet culture, hosted by me, Grace Mulvey, and me, Connor Dowling. If you have a body of any kind, chances are you've crossed paths with at least one of the bizarre diet trends we cover in our show. And between me and Connor, we have done nearly every fad diet there is. Juice cleansing. Fasting. The potato diet. Which is actually a real diet, by the way, and we don't recommend it. So join us as we try to make sense of the madness that is diet culture. Find Fad Camp everywhere you get your podcasts and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fad Camp Podcast. At the start of the show, we mentioned our local fresh and tasty sponsor, Hop House 13. So in this section of the podcast, Danny, we're going to ask you, what is hopping? Uh, so we want to celebrate some of the most vibrant and local food experiences, which I know you love and that, uh, that Ireland has to offer. So tell us something that you're excited about. I don't know, maybe it's something that you have coming up. Maybe it's an amazing meal you've had recently. Maybe it's <laughs> something you've seen launched. Um, or maybe it's a project you're working on. We just want to know what's happening. And always remember, drink responsibly. <laughs> I, I'm excited about a few things. I had my first clatter of creamy pints of Guinness in Yachtons in uh, Galway with oh. fresh oysters oh, yeah. and they, they did something totally different as well they did a little bit of mango coolie and a bit of mango ju- coolie in Galway oh, could you believe it I thought mangoes were illegal yeah, I mean. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, they must have fallen off a ship from Spain <laughs> yeah. Yeah. W- washed up yeah, North washed up Spanish mango. art they're like this is a weird looking tomato yeah, yeah. <laughs> this avocado is rotten <laughs> <laughs> And I had that with some just some shallots. It was just it was phenomenal. Um, I've been doing a bit of street food, uh, cruising around on the bike because the weather's been kind of yeah. nice. I'm dying to get up to downtown. Uh, Barry's been literally making. I was in England for a few months working, doing gigs. Yeah. And Barry's putting up. He's got, he put up this brisket with like jalapenos oh, and coleslaw. Are, are I don't know why, but there's there's something scaldy about white coleslaw that I really <laughs> like. I'm you just know what? Like, stick it in my face. I don't know if you're like this. Once a year, I'll be walking like through my local shop and I'll just see you know that container of coleslaw yeah. gleaming in the fridge, unnaturally white, like none of the ingredients in it, <laughs> like turkey teeth, like yeah, <laughs> honestly. And you, it just looks at you and it's like. You want me, <laughs> and suddenly you're at home, like, and you know you get a bit of ham for posterity. Yeah, and you're having like a coleslaw and ham sandwich. Yeah, yeah, and it's the best fucking yeah. thing you've ever had and, and in your life. Bit, sometimes if you put a bit of grated cheese on it, right, the coleslaw is so overwhelming. Yeah, you can never taste anything else but the coleslaw. Yeah, yeah. it drowns out everything else, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, honestly, like the other stuff is just there basically as foreplay. You're, you're yeah. not, you don't actually, you're not tasting the ham. It's not adding anything texturally. Coleslaw is. I love it. Like I think that the fact that people have expanded the slaw catalog yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. One now, thing I always thought with yeah. coleslaw was like you know the accession of like pubs serving it with lasagna. Like in like yeah. coleslaw, like you know it's a perfect it, 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 it's a perfect it, symbiotic it relationship. Somehow. No, but like if you imagine going to Bologna, you know the food, <laughs> the food capital of Europe, right? Where lasagna comes from, right? I mean, like, ciao, signore, questa mi lasagna. Scusi, dove? Il coleslaw like, El slaw de cola El slaw de cola Like where, where's my coleslaw And where's my garlic bread Like this is something that like I think we only do In Ireland Maybe maybe in the UK as well But just look at lasagna It's perfectly crafted Loving historical yeah. dish Layers of flavour Pasta Ragu Bechamel Yeah And they'll go I think I want some garlic bread with that. Yeah, yeah. chips, garlic cos- bread, coleslaw, garlic bread, all coleslaw. Oh, oh my listen, god! E- everything has its place, and that's one thing I've, I've, I, I am the least food snob person you'll ever meet. I massively appreciate incredible food. Like mm. 
give me that steak with the bone marrow melted all over yeah, you yeah. know what I mean with potatoes that have taken like 45 years to cook <laughs> and stuff like that I love all that like some beautiful wine mm. but I'm similarly would just be as happy like uh, it's funny you mentioned coleslaw Marcus because I was driving this is pre-pandemic my cousin lives in Atlow and I've actually been doing material about this recently mm. But I called into him. Uh, my cousin's name's Rasher, right? He used to tell sausages. True story. <laughs> and I called into him, and he's just—he's he's just like my—he's my uncle's age, right? He's good cracked on yeah, yeah. I like him a lot, and I always spin into him and just for a cup of tea. And his wife wasn't there. It was just kind of me and him, and his teenage kid was there, and he's just kind of like, uh, "I was going down. Uh, do you want something to eat or something?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll just whatever you have. Like, don't be fussing." And he just goes, "Do you want a volivant?" Right? And I was like, who has Volivant ready to go in their gaff in Athlone? And then he takes two cold but pre-cooked Volivant towers out of the fridge, right? And I was just like, this is like peak Athlone. And then he takes a kilo tub of coleslaw, exactly what you just said, puts it down beside me. He goes, do you want some coleslaw? And I was like, oh, okay. And then he just sticks a massive spoon into the middle of coleslaw <laughs> like it was ice cream. And I was just there spooning coleslaw onto these cold volivants. I was just there around, what kind of country are we living in? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Volivants, do you know what? Actually, like, I've, I've always kind of been like weirdly obsessed with the, the placement of volivants in the Irish food landscape. The, right? the wedding starter. The wedding salmon mm. volivant. No, literally, yeah. Or like you know, you'd always get like miniature volivants at like a, a funeral or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. You get your tray of sandwiches and there'd be a volivant. Like, where did that come from? I don't know. Where, where <laughs> did somebody go? Okay, we're gonna take this intricate puff pastry filled. Mm thing and just associated with grief they're extremely extremely cheap because I used to work in hotels when I was younger and they are so cheap to to get out and like you, you make your chicken and mushroom filling for that, yeah. right? So you basically make a massive pot of chicken and mushroom stew. Yeah. There's nothing in it. It's just like yeah. chicken, mushroom, a bit, bit of, of time, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then you just cook like 200 volivants. You could probably make 200 volivants for like 20 quid, genuinely. Yeah, yeah. Because no, you're just, definitely. And that's what it is. But then they're like, because they say volivant in Ireland, the same as like, when prawn cocktails came out volivants and prawn cocktails were top yeah. of the bus in the 80s yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's our hangover still with them yeah. like oh volivants like, Mary Rose sauce <laughs> there's an engagement ring in the middle of that volivant <laughs> that is true careful it's scorching <laughs> the chicken's been microwaved within an inch of its life you get a skin graft trying to get your engagement ring like yes yeah, stick your hands like Terminator <laughs> oh my god volivants man okay <laughs> Anyway, so, so we were talking about. Um, so can we say that volivants are what's happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Go. If you take nothing else from this podcast, it's that volivants are hopping. They're back, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I think I'm actually gonna yeah rename the Sambo Ambo like the the, the volivant wagon or something. <laughs> uh, the volivant Volvo. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, just to touch on something we said there. Um, you were taught. I actually seen it on your Instagram, and you were saying you were down in Galway. So I seen your Instagram. It was down at Nimos there, um, underneath the bridge. Ta- ta- Nim- Nemo's um, Nemo's Pier, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. So, that, so I was actually one of my favorite restaurants in the country is actually our beer just there at Nemo's. Oh, beautiful, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, unbelievable restaurants. But uh, yeah, so like Tommy Tiernan doing gigs, like on, I saw, on the I, pier. I was lucky enough to get to see his first live gig, and um, we had a show the night before, and it was it was class, man, beautiful setup. Tommy then did his um, did his first live show in eighteen months. And it was it was it was amazing to see. It was, I think it was, only, it was limited to like 120 so people. So you were gigging the, gig. the night before as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it, it, that was on Sunday. He was on the Monday. So he's doing six nights work in progress shows, and he actually wanted it smaller. Like that was his choice. It wasn't. It was to do with restrictions. But he actually wanted to do a week of work in progress shows, but 7,000 people 
tried to buy 125 pods <laughs> in two hours wow. for Tommy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like they broke the internet. <laughs> um, but he was great, man. And he, he had some brilliant stuff at the start where he was talking about, I nearly gave up comedy when this all happened. He's just like, what's, you know, this is it now for me. I'll just... But then he is it, just such a he's just like watching a poet. Like every time I see him, he just gets nice. better and better. And it was really funny, man, because we were kind of sitting at the fence, we're at a table. Is there Carl Spain actually? We're watching the gig, and someone walked. But this is Ireland in an absolute nutshell. Like Tommy, absolute peak. His podcast's amazing. His TV show is amazing. He was doing brilliant material. It was class. And as we were watching the show, someone shouts from through the fence, so not at the gig yeah. outside. Tommy, I knew you when you had nothing. <laughs> <I> swear. <laughs> And Tommy, Tommy will back this up And he just started laughing man And he goes like That's Ireland He goes that, He goes. I've never been heckled From outside of the venue before Oh my god And uh, just some sham I'm just I'm, I'm imagining the, like a lad In a in like in, in a, a Grease straight Grey yeah. jacket Just munching off Olivant yeah. I, w- I wouldn't mind man I'd say your mouth was about 25 He wasn't alive when Tommy started comedy Do you know Shout what I mean? out to the Galway heckler Yeah yeah <laughs> Never mind the Galway hookers The heckler the Galway man hecklers. The Galway Hecklers. I knew you when you had nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, could you not just say fair play? Like, that's Ireland in a nutshell. Can you not just go, you're class or it's nothing? How about you just say nothing? Just we just can't help ourselves in Ireland. It's like I, I, saw a woman, I saw a woman uh, put up on Instagram. It was hilarious, man. She was walking back, and this is a daily fear of mine. Yeah. She was walking back from the supermarket with loads of toilet rolls under her arm, and some young fella just shouted her, Hey, missus, you going for the shite, yeah? <laughs> and then she just goes, I will not be taking any further questions at this time. Yeah. And she's just like, this public humiliation we do to um, each other. But even uh, that, like, that thread on Twitter this week, it's like, wore a red beret once, got called Super Mario. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Ireland, hell of a place. Which just goes back to what you said about uh, your, your your cousin that is that he sold sausages so his name's Rasher. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But they just, like, this is the thing as well. Like, we, we just can't help it. I, you need it, though. I've been doing uh, this. I've been doing material, actually. I've got a new show where I call The God of All Things Bad that I wrote when I was in Central America. So that's kind of the theme of it and all this kind of stuff. And one of the main things I talk about is being gaslighted within my family group. So we all have our own family WhatsApps or messengers. It depends on, you know, some people have their different groups. Um, but like I'm in a family uh, messenger group and no matter what I put in there I barely get like a thumb off my granny <laughs> do you know what I mean but then my uncle put in a picture of like a burnt waffle with some ham thrown on it and she's like that looks amazing Mark and I'm just there I think I'm being in a hidden camera show all the time yeah, yeah. and I put in something um, one of my mates I got put forward for something and I got a letter from Hazel Chu the mayor going yeah. Danny, thanks very much for all your help during the pandemic. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Here's a voucher for, like, whatever, one for all. And I was like, class. I got, like, a scroll from the mayor, like, was in, like, <laughs> yes. medieval times. <laughs> one for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a one for all. Yeah, not so medieval. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No barcodes then. I, uh, and I threw, I put it into the family group, and I just, it basically just got tumbleweeds. Yeah. They're just like, oh, yeah, cool. And then, like, <laughs> anyone else puts in anything, they get loads of it, right? And uh, I swear to God, I was in, um, I was in London doing material about it. I was in Top Secret Comedy club and I was doing a couple of previews I went back to my uncle who lives in Windsor and we're chatting away and he goes oh how'd the preview go and I was like oh it was good I said I'm actually doing material about the gaslighting within the family group and he just kind of like kind of laughed but said no yeah anyway he tells my mother okay <laughs> my mother tells my granny fast forward to three weeks later I was in Wexford and I was doing a gig and my mum and granny were having like a staycation in this <laughs> little hotel in Enniscary so I said I call into them I haven't seen them in like months and I call in to see them and I'm double jabbed and all that crack 
So I went in to see them and my granny's being all like, stay away, you know. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, but then she asked me to come over and fix the iP- her keyboard on her iPad. So it's cool for close contact yeah, then, yeah. right? So anyway, went in and they're chatting, we're having a sandwich and we're sitting and blah, blah, blah. And then my granny's like, who's 85, just turns around to me and just goes, I believe you said that I've been lampshading you. <laughs> right? Dead serious. I, know, I swear to God. And I'm all confused. I was like, what? And then my mother just starts laughing and she goes, gaslighting. She means gaslighting. And then I was like, I started doubting if I had said gaslighting or not. And then I was going, maybe I did say lampshading. So she actually was gaslighting me. Yeah. I was like, that's so meta, isn't it? I was like, she's oh just playing God. me like a drum. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look forward to hearing more of this new material. Unreal. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Okay. 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 Big question. Big question, because I know you've been all around Ireland. What's your favorite restaurant to visit in Ireland? Uh, I I did a review uh, a years ago for Love in Dublin for um, the one in Galway in between the bus stations. It's got the two Michelin star. Uh, oh, Loam. Uh, Loam. Mother of God. That was, that was special, man. That was really... I don't think of I don't know maybe it was just everything about it was just so beautiful from start to finish but it wasn't it didn't have that kind of ponciness about it either yeah. do you know what I mean like like they're giving you like small little extra starters on top of a granite rock ripped out of the earth <laughs> yeah. at Connemara and I wasn't drinking because I, I had a show and I couldn't I don't, I don't drink before shows mostly like so I didn't want to drink anything I think yeah. I might have had a glass of wine and uh, that was really incredible, man. And it's uh, just that everything, the fish was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Everything was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then, yeah, and then, but similarly, as I said, like I was I was hammering uh, Kwan Jay's dumplings there a couple yeah. of weeks ago yeah. and drinking that soupy broth. So, like, well, I was talking about just, it last week. Just gurgling the peanuts, <laughs> gurgling that peanut chili broth, like yeah. a good chance you're going to choke on it. You're like, it's worth it. So we're talking loam and then gargly peanut water. Loam and gargly broth. But I love Clambrassel House as well. I think that's beautiful. Beautiful steaks and stuff up like that as well. But honestly, like I, I the food envy is a horrible thing for me. Like I just want to go up to like Downtown or I want to go up to even that the street food market that used to be in Temple Bar. Yeah. My yeah. favorite thing to do is like get some oysters off the lads down on the yeah. left, right, with a little plastic cup yeah. of wine. Then I'd go into this absolute maniac in the cowboy hat yeah. who used to give you way too much blue cheese on a piece of bread. He'd rip the bread and all. It was a nightmare. <laughs> and then he'd just put like a lamb skewer <laughs> on top of that. I don't know if you remember that I dude. actually do yeah. remember that guy. I yeah. had one of them with you. I, we, we had one in Temple yeah. Bar after. Did we do a kids gig together in the Ark? Yeah, I'd say we had to block yeah. that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, you walk around to the Harry Krishnas and they used to do like uh, samosas uh, yeah, with, yeah. The, with the hot... Loads um, of chickpeas. Oh, man. And, yeah. That's my, my buzz. Oh, yeah. I love that as well. That is the beauty of like a market, isn't it? Or anything like a bazaar or anything like that if you're in this country or elsewhere. Just yeah. walking through and getting to like, you know, being that pig where you can just taste everything. Yeah. In, in terms of street food, you, would you consider yourself an adventurous eater? There is literally nothing I wouldn't try. What's the... What, uh, like, for our listeners here, what's the most extreme thing which, I, that you say you've eaten? I, I did when I was very, very in my early 20s. I did have dog in Vietnam and it's something I kind of regret now. You, okay. But it was kind of, I was down there and I was with some there like, do you want to try it? And I just said, you know what? I only get one go around the clock. Yeah. And then I kind of had the guilt and I'm like, well, but it's not like, I'm not going to change the culture here by me eating this one small thing, but I yeah. just wanted to see what the crack was. And the same and? day I tried, it, it was okay. It was just kind of like tough pork. I wouldn't, it's not a nice yeah. meat. Like it's, mm. it's kind of gross and I love dogs. So I, I still feel guilty about that. Um, I've had snake and stuff down there as well. Yeah. I would 100% try. I tried to do that thing that from the Bourdain's where they put the beaten heart. It's about, I think yeah, it's about 500. The, co- the, the, cobra. the cobra. 
that's about 500 quid just just to do it um, but I remember it was like 500 US dollars and that was Jesus man that was like 15 years ago mm. but to be honest with you I, I would pretty much give anything a crack like I grew up in Wicklow like me and the lads used to dare each other to eat worms do you know what I mean <laughs> so like like and I yeah but like or, or even I remember eating a cod I remember going fishing actually one time and my, uh, we, my mate's dad caught a cod on the boat yeah. and he took the cod um, the cod liver yeah. out of it into the palm of his hand and he just put some soy sauce and a tiny little bit of wasabi on it and I I sucked it off his hand and it was actually pretty delicious but I'm like well, hang on like did this guy just casually have a tube of wasabi in his pocket yeah yeah like, he had like a little and he had like one of the ones you get with sushi you know like yeah, the yeah. mini ones so he yeah. just had them on him and, um, and I, I used, stay strapped all the time <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, got, I got the thing on me <laughs> I, I'd slag him but I literally used to have a sriracha key ring yeah <laughs> so I can't, like, I've got no I've got no game a backpack full of pickled ginger yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god I'd give, so. any, I'd give anything a go to be honest with you and um, you know it's better to regret the things you've done than the things you haven't so uh, I'm pretty adventurous yeah okay so we'll we'll move on to things that might not be so crazy my things that you actually really really love and things that you're passionate about Mm. so this is a little section we like to call the devil's dessert so basically the devil's dessert is our look into how do we say we'd say like it's a death row meal kind of thing without like you know it's not that death row meal that you're in prison and it's disgusting and like you know it's yeah. Marcus said it lovely last week it's like a really tough ribeye you know yeah, you're, but, you're, yeah. you're desert island it's yeah. your desert yeah. island and you know you can, you can be expansive you can you can, you know you can go places you can have it wherever you want and you can have whatever you want you, you can know? have different courses in different settings I, I, I'd probably I, I love Japanese food off the top so I'd probably go for some like mega premium grade mercury free sushi you know that kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. Yeah. and sashimi like just the the kind and, of that you're paying like seven hundred for t- yeah, for for an omakase yeah, in, like, exactly, that in kind New of, York, so if, like or in like Tsujiki fish market or something. Jiro's yeah. dreams to see like the inside, like the DMT from the brain of a tuna. Something like that, and then so that's to start. Where would you where would you be having it? Would you be sitting in Tokyo or Osaka or? Yeah, I just want to, you want to be there. Like you want to be in that little the little sushi bar and like yeah. the whole process. Yeah. It's all experience. Yeah, 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 and then. See, I, I think about this all the time, actually, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, like, the mains, I don't know, maybe some kind of, like, beautiful... I know there's a lot of talk of Wagyu and stuff like that as well. But to be honest with you, I think, like, some beautifully raised, Hereford, cooked right, yeah, perfect smoke. Do you know what I mean? Like, that kind of mm-hmm. cut off the tomahawk with the fat kind of line down the middle yeah. of it. Yeah. So I'm actually salivating now even thinking about this. <laughs> With something like that With like a, a few nice dips And that's what I kind of love Korean food as well The way you can kind of yeah, Make yeah. different flavours And that kind of thing And then Maybe I, I don't know what the surf and turf, I think you'd just rather Be a pure You've got your seafood Out of the way Have some amazing steak And stuff Have some like really beautiful Like kind of maybe Like broccoli That's kind of You know mm-hmm. with some Dressed in a beautiful dress yeah, yeah, And stuff yeah. like yeah. that uh, Dough from potatoes Something creamy all that kind of thing. There'd have to be a cheese course. I mean, like oh, yeah. a cheese trolley from the Merion. Like, yeah, <laughs> I want yeah, the che- yeah, I yeah. want that trolley. <laughs> yeah. I want the cheese trolley from the Merion. Yeah, and, you know, I'd just be like, I'd just give it in. I'd be shelfing cheese, man. I'd be doing it all. Like, Come here, do you know what? I, I actually, on the topic of cheese trolleys, like I remember staying, I think it was Ashford Castle mm. on a oh. press trip thing and the cheese trolley, that, like cheese trolleys are a magic thing. Mm. And like they basically, it actually, it has, a, like you can't see into it when they wheel it up. You don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And then they Monsieur Le Fromage. I imagine, yeah. And it's just like, yeah, 500 different cheeses. Yeah, just, this is oh. one-handed French waiter and he won't tell yeah. you what happened to his arm. <laughs> I believe yeah. Ashford Castle is pretty special, is it? I lost it to the cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. he got gout, um, like he doesn't pretty, care. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah, it's, uh, but so we were talking cheese trolley. Are you blue cheese guy? I'm, I'm all of them. I'm, I'm going to give this gift to you, lads. I think I told you about this before, Marcus. 
about six, seven years ago, I was doing Melbourne Comedy Festival and my mate invited me to a party. And she goes, it's a cheese and wine party. And then she told me about this idea called the Illuminati. So I invented the, <laughs> I took it to Dublin. I called the Illuminati Dublin. This is what you do. And this is for the listeners as well. When things lift up a bit and we can go, we're all double job now. So hopefully mm. we can move forward. Get about 10 of your mates or 12, whatever. Everyone has to bring a different cheese. They've got to bring a hard, they've got to bring a smelly, they've got to bring a soft, right? And have to really, no baby bells or Calvitas or yeah, laughing yeah. cow triangles. <laughs> they have their place, but not for this. And you put on all the quints, the crackers, the cornichons, you put on all that gear. And then everyone brings, you have to put in what cheese you're bringing to the WhatsApp group so there's no crossover. So then you all get to try like 30 cheeses. Wow. But then the best part about it is when people leave, you are in cheese profit. <laughs> So I, <laughs> you know I mean? man, I was having like eight different kinds of cheeses. You've got your own, you've got your own cheese trolley. Yeah, I literally yeah. nearly, I nearly got gout. Like, but like, I was like having triple cheese toasties for breakfast. I was, I was like, just, this isn't sustainable. I was just like, about to say, what pains. do you do with all the different cheeses? Yeah, then? I mean, like, come here, I can't talk about to- cheese toasties for something. But yeah, you put them in the freezer, man. That's, I think I saw it on a Hugh Friendly Whittingstall, one of his yeah. shows. When you've got loads of little bits of cheese left over, just throw them into a um, into a Ziploc bag in the freezer. And then if you've got like a lasagna or you've got a pasta, just grate them all up together. Just throw into them into a sauce. Just throw into yeah. anything and it's no. oh mad that's an absolute adulting pro tip for cheese that is there a really go. good tip that is a really good tip it makes a lot of sense but something you never kind of think about I think that's something one of the biggest kind of learn, like I suppose learning curves in adulthood is the price of cheese yeah and yeah. you know like when you're growing up you're, you'd be like oh we only have two different types of brie in the fridge yeah. <laughs> like what the hell parents a, tri- <laughs> a triple a triple cream brie by the way is probably one at the top of my list like just a really and you leave yeah. it get to room temperature and you know what I yeah. think like, it kisses you as you yeah. as you eat it like that's actually <laughs> yeah. there's a um, bit of red but, onion marmalade maybe I'm, so going to France tomorrow as we said at the start of the episode and going to Bistro Paul Bear and they have a cheese course it's like seven, seven quid extra but they just leave a slab of, like eight cheeses at your table listen and you help yourself and then when you're done they just take it to another table <laughs> you're like, losing money by not yeah, getting yeah, yeah, honestly yeah. and it's seven like, quid, like it is <laughs> It is the best. It's the best cheese. I've that- literally paid more for a pint than a match in Dublin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and like literally, it's some of the best cheese in France. It's all sourced from small suppliers. I just picture like- you in a couple of weeks' time now, like Midnight Express, just covered with all that, like taped you with like cling film <laughs> to get it back over the border. Yeah. No, no, I just have hand luggage. <laughs> yeah. And then okay, so we've got cheese trolley, um, dessert. How you- I'm not. I like. I, I. I like the odd dessert. I like a bit of cheesecake and stuff like that. I, I've actually. I had a really nice. Um. I had a really nice lemon. Uh. Like meringue tart. I like that kind of stuff. Something yeah. like nice. I like a key lime pie. That kind of thing. Um, I like that kind of nice fresh finish it off but the cheese would always be kind of paramount and cheese always good. yeah I think yeah. a nice dessert is beautiful or a little mixture of different ones is nice to try but I'm always more of a dessert splitter with someone at the end as opposed yeah. to being the main game you know yeah wonderful that's a nice devil's dessert yeah. that is a hell of a devil's Danny O'Brien thank you very much thank you lads pleasure fantastic. it's been an absolute pleasure uh, thank you very very much for coming and joining us um, and if, if our listeners want to check you out what are your socials what all, are your all at DOB comedy DOB yeah, comedy and uh, for all the kind of live outdoor events garden gigs we're doing a cool thing actually from September where we're bringing a comedy club into offices all over Ireland so myself Damon Jack Wise have a thing called Brilliant. Workplace Showcase mm-hmm. so we bring a comedy club we do a power hour stand up for the, all your staff during the day and then we get out of there Brilliant yeah. Super. Just one more thing the Rings End Comedy Festival Yeah so you can find that on our website at gardengigsireland.com there's posters of it all over Rings End you can just scan the QR code as well and it brings yeah. you straight to tickets all of the adult shows are gone mm-hmm. they're all sold out and um, it's all there's loads of kids shows and family friendly shows um, and like they're family friendly but they're not us like juggling and going <laughs> kids <laughs> like it's 
you know, the adults yeah. are going to get it as well. We, yeah. we, we know how to it's work. It's like it. Shrek. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it's like. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much, Danny. Thanks a million, lads. Uh, next, week, next week, we will be getting excited for Taste of Dublin. Marcus is away, so I'll be joined by one of the Taste of Dublin performers slash chefs. We'll, f- we'll reveal all next week. And if you have any questions for me about Taste or anything else at all, fire them at the That's Banging Instagram page. Uh, thank you, ladies, gentlemen, people with ears, uh, for taking the time to listen to us today. We're back next week with more tales and adventures of the Irish culinary landscape on That's Banging. And thank you, as always, to our wonderful sponsors, Hop House 13. They're what's hopping. And we're That's Banging. Get the facts. Be drink aware and visit drinkaware.ie. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.